Hi, I'm Kristen. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm really looking forward to exchanging more ideas about astrology and pop culture and how they intersect. I had prepared a different podcast for you guys this week and it just intuitively felt off. So I wanted to shelve that for the time being and wanted to sit with the pod just for a few more days and figure out what to do next. So like many people this week, I was totally consumed by the Titanic news. It was so incredibly sad to think that the wreck has claimed now another five lives. I've thought about whether or not to address this story, whether it was appropriate to consider, quote, pop culture, whether or not I knew enough to do the story justice, but, you know, here it goes. So my intention here is for all of us to learn together, and I by no means want to offend anyone or make light of a tragedy. That's not what this is. It's simply looking for answers. Most importantly, I want to acknowledge all of those who passed back in 1912 and today. Um, You know, everyone was on an adventure of some kind, whether we agree with their reasoning or not, and leaves a number of questions around whether or not it's appropriate to go there, and if so, who should, and for what purpose. It was just so strange. Strange to bring this story back into the zeitgeist in a way that really hasn't been in quite some time. I don't know how I feel, to be honest. On the one hand, it's essentially a grave site where now 1,522 souls perish. And that alone feels like sacred, hallowed ground that isn't meant to be disturbed. Then I thought of the exploration of it all and the idea of pushing the limits of our planet and whether or not those limits are in place as a safeguard or a challenge to us as humans. I really don't know, and I can't judge anyone based on what their souls felt a deep pull to explore, you know, whether that's outer space or the deep ocean or climbing Mount Everest. I don't think I would do any of those three, but I do know that there is a sense of wonder in all of us. While I was sort of glorifying this exploration, the myth of Icarus flying too close to the sun came to mind, and the introspection continues. So that brought me to think, of the parallels between space and the sea and how these two dark and strange places interact with one another on a daily basis and how we know endlessly more about outer space than we do our own oceans. In conversations all the time, people say that they don't, quote, believe in astrology, even though there's nothing to believe in, or that it's woo-woo or ridiculous. And to that I say, the moon controls the ocean, the tides, If we are 60 to 70% water, there is no way that we are not affected as well. And to further prove this point, this is why we call lunatics lunatics. The full moon tends to have a very strong effect on our psyche, whether we understand it or not. If you're wondering if I'm stoned, I'm not, but I'm also not opposed to it later. I can't remember who said it this week on the news. It was a talking head, but it stuck with me. He said, quote, if you think outside the box, everyone inside the box thinks you're crazy. I was like, cool. So, yeah. There were a few moments this week reading and watching the coverage of the Titan implosion where my mind went to astrology, as it does, and it seemed like the ocean in general is having a moment between the migrant boats in Greece, the orcas attacking boats in Portugal. It all seemed a bit unusual, let's say. And when that happens, I think a lot of us turn to astrology for answers, 
in this case. I believe it has a lot to do with Saturn in Pisces, but we'll get to that in, I think, part three of this podcast. So hold that thought and let's get back to it. Initially researching this, I found that there is so much astrology tied to Titanic and its lore. Between this incident, the sinking itself, and those on board, there seemed to be a way to explore this topic with good intentions and through the lens of astrology. So to start, astrology is a wisdom tradition. None of what I'm saying are suggestions that the stars caused any of these things to happen. And of course, it's much clearer in hindsight. And that's kind of the point. What we can do is look at events in front of us in history, the placement of the planets in the sky, and figure out where there are patterns. It's all about patterns. Astrology is not a religion. It's not a crystal ball, but it's a compass and it's a map for us. The journey is our own. So together, let's turn to the stars to help us explain why this tragedy continues to haunt us in a way, why it's so romanticized worldwide, and why there have been so many other shipwrecks in history, but this one hits differently. And there are so many different ways to approach the topic of Titanic astrologically, and I wanted to do it in a way that we could all understand and figure out how these energies work and how to work with them for good. Millionaires don't use astrology. Billionaires do. J.P. Morgan, owner, RMS Titanic. So yes, J.P. Morgan, the owner of Titanic, was very much a student of astrology. Had J.P. Morgan stayed on his reported course to leave Europe on April 10th, 1912, he would have gone down with his ship, Titanic. And that's not to suggest he didn't get on the ship because of astrology, But we do know that J.P. Morgan did have an astrologer named Evangeline Adams to help him with financial decisions. J.P. Morgan clearly was not an easy sell, and it's reported that he was initially skeptical of astrology before becoming a student of it. And once he was, he reportedly paid Adams 10 grand a year to give him astrological advice through charts and to determine the best atmosphere for his investments. And we'll get into all of those details in a moment, just so that we know who we're dealing with. J.P. Morgan was an Aries sun, a Virgo moon, and a Leo rising. A lot of fire, a lot for one Virgo moon to try to contain. He was a self-starter. He was a go-getter. Aries tend to take foolhardy risks. I mean, in the tarot, the fool card is associated with Aries. Because they are, as we mentioned last time, the babies of the Zodiac, they don't have that same fear that's been acquired throughout all the other signs. They see life as an adventure. While it's unclear how much of an impact astrology had on his life, it's definitely part of his narrative. He took risks and he used unconventional methods to obtain an objective, which to me is cool. But it's also not unlike the ethos of Titanic itself. It's, you know, a first of its kind, not unlike the billionaires of the Gilded Age who took insane risks, and it's not unlike the explorers on the Titan. So I think we need to keep that in mind when we're saying, well, I would never do that. I wouldn't do it either, but that doesn't mean that they're wrong. Let's get into J.P. Morgan and his relationship with astrology. That statement, millionaires don't use astrology, billionaires do, is attributed to J. Pierpont Morgan. It's repeated all the time, 
especially in astrological circles. And it seems to have initially come from Evangeline Adams' 1926 autobiography, The Bowl of Heaven. She writes, I do know about the late J.P. Morgan's belief in astrology because, well, because I taught it to him. I read his horoscope many times and furnished him during the last years of his life a regular service, explaining the changing position of the planets and their probable effect on politics, business, and the stock market. No further proof of his interest in the science is required beyond the fact that he renewed this service from year to year. So yeah, she's pretty cool. Even if J.P. Morgan did use astrology, it's not like he owed his success solely to it. He was born into a wealthy family, became a partner in a successful banking firm by the time he was 35, and he went on to make additional fortunes in railroads and steel all before the turn of the century. So we're not entirely sure when he met Evangeline. It was likely that he already had tremendous financial success. However, it seemed to him that the future was a little bit more uncertain. Morgan had a couple of interesting placements. So he has his son, Mercury, Venus, and Pluto all in the second house, which is essentially the house of Taurus, of money making, of material things, of accumulating wealth, of luxury. Uh, So he really did have terrific money making potential and executed that also had is Uranus in Pisces. Uranus being the planet of surprise, the unexpected. That means he would have naturally been intrigued by astrology and metaphysics, which you know he was, and he never spoke of it publicly. How very Pisces. But yeah, archivists at the Morgan Library have no documents in support of it apart from receipts, which is all we need. Another interesting thing to note is that Mercury went retrograde April 5th of 1912. And this is a time where J.P. Morgan would be advised against relying on communications, travel, and the like. And there are legends that Evangeline was behind J.P. Morgan's decision not to board the Titanic that night. Others credit his mistress for occupying him. We'll never know. 